today, preaching it while the congregation's down there, and uh, I'm sure that that's going great. Of course, the uh, Spanish-speaking ministries are having their married retreat out in the desert. I'm sure they're having a great time and closing things out. Uh, I know that we have some of their members here today that couldn't go uh, to the uh, retreat, and uh, sorry we didn't do anything in Spanish today, uh, but... Uh, uh, if, if you're waiting for me to crack out in Spanish, uh, you'll be disappointed. Uh, I'm sure uh, no, no, nothing will be forthcoming. So, <laughs> But uh, I'm sure that went great. want to give uh, a great uh, word of encouragement out to all the USC alumni and fans on their uh, nice victory in the uh, game uh, uh, last uh, evening. It was a uh, sloppy game, was sort of my evaluation on uh, both teams' part, but... Uh, Hey, that's the way it goes. Even a sloppy game, someone has to win it, right? You know, the, uh, the old, uh, what was it, the Chicago Bears or uh, somebody, I forgot who it was, uh, were winning a bunch of games and uh, their coach is being criticized for it. And he said, we're just winning ugly. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a time to win ugly, I guess. Colossians 2, you guys there? I'm talking about overflowing with thankfulness. This is the week of Thanksgiving, and so obvious theme uh, for today is thanksgiving and thankfulness. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. You get the idea that he's trying to really emphasize that if someone's living a faithful Christian life, that they are thankful, that they're overflowing. You know, you, you picture a, a, a cup or a glass, and you're pouring into it, and, it, you know, you're pouring and pouring, and all of a sudden it just overflows. You, it, it can't contain all that you want to put in there. Now, the truth of the matter is, in every one of our lives right now, we have some things that we're probably not thankful about. All of our lives. There's something there, that, and I'll bet for most of you, if you're paying attention to what I'm saying right now, your mind went right to it. You know, that one thing or those uh, things in your life that you're not thankful for and that you wish were different and that you hope will be different as time goes on. But I want you for a moment here to think, and if you're taking notes, it would be appropriate to write a couple things down what are you thankful for right now in your life? And, you know, things you used to be thankful for, you may not be thankful for. It isn't that big of a deal for you anymore. But at every stage of life, there's things that we're grateful for. What are you grateful for today? Go ahead. Endure the silence and think. In the passage we just read, he makes reference that we've received Jesus Christ as Lord. That's something to be thankful for, isn't it? Look over to chapter 3, continuation of this, this discussion that he's having. In verse 12, he says, Therefore, 
as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. And then he goes on and he talks about them clothing themselves with these good qualities. He talks about being God's chosen people. What a good thought is that you're not only a child of God and he endures you, but you're a child of God that's chosen, that he desired to have you, a relationship with you. That your heavenly father looks down on you and says, you know, I really like that guy. You know, I really like her. She's got some neat qualities. This morning, uh, of course, uh, you know, knowing what I was going to preach on to all the children, uh, I, I sent them a little text this morning telling them that I was going to preach on thanks, thankfulness and that, uh, that I was thankful for them. And I said one particular thing uh, in every case, uh, you know, related to that child. So they knew that uh, there was something special about that particular child. To my son, Ben, I said to my son, you know, he gets that. The son. He's the only one. To Maria, it was the, the comment, uh, sweet Maria. You know, we joke with Maria that when she was uh, a young child, it was sweet Maria, and then she uh, turned 13. And, uh, <laughs> and, and sweet Maria went away. Uh, and, uh, but she came back uh, after, uh, after about 22 and uh, getting married to a good... A good man to straighten her out. Uh, sweet Maria is back. And uh, that was fun. And uh, to Anya, the uh, Russian girl that we adopted, uh, I said to Anya, my Russian daughter. And, uh, you know, all of them have, uh, have responded back uh, except Maria. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you have to know, Maria, that's, uh, that's well within the norm uh, for her. But, you know, this idea of being thankful and, and being able to write it down or to say it out loud or to uh, communicate things that you are thankful about is a very important thing. We're going to spend a little bit of time in Colossians chapter 3 here a little bit later, but I want us to go back to John chapter 3 and sort of set up something here. I have uh, actually two things here that I think that all of us today who are trying to live a Christian life can agree on that we should be thankful about. Number one, thankful that change is possible in our life. And number two, thankful that I've got something to share or to give to other people around me. In John chapter 3, Jesus introduces this idea that following Him involves change or the aspect of an old life the way I was in a new life, the way that I am now, and the way that I want to begin down the road. And he introduces it in a conversation with one of the Jewish leaders of his day, Nicodemus. Let's begin reading in verse 1. It says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. So this is a Jewish leader of, of Jesus' day. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time 
into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying that you must be born again. You know, Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. He's probably a little nervous about what his friends might think if they knew that he was having a conversation with Jesus or that he had any, any desire to have any rapport with Jesus. And he says, Jesus, hey, boy, we know because of what you've done that you're somebody pretty special. Well, Jesus goes right through that, doesn't even pay attention to that, doesn't answer it, doesn't make any comment about it whatsoever. And he says, listen, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Now, there must have been a pause. Because I'm sure Nicodemus, of all the possible conversation threads that he thought he might have had with Jesus, this was not it. Whoa. And he says, well, I'm not sure I understand what you're talking about. Surely I can't go back to my mother's womb to be born again. And he says, I know that, Nicodemus. He says, flesh gives birth to flesh. I understand the concept. But spirit gives birth to spirit. He says, you shouldn't be surprised that I'm telling you you must be born again. This idea of an old life and a new life is a pretty big theme in the Scriptures. Look over to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. You guys getting there? I don't hear those pages moving. Don't tell me you're all electronic. And if you're texting, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> if you're shopping, you ought to really be ashamed of yourself. Or any email or any other wickedness that you'd be doing with that thing during my sermon. The only proper response right now for that electronic thing is to get on Bible. You know why I, I know that people can do things like that, don't you? Well, because I've done it a few times myself. <laughs> Just being honest. It's a temptation. It really is. With your Bible, you know, the old Bible, you don't have that temptation. So sometimes you should just bring your Bible with you, but whatever. Romans 6, verse 1. What shall I say then? Actually, this is an ongoing discussion that Paul's having with the church there in Rome. He says, what shall I say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Now, I, let me explain that. Because really what had happened here in the book of uh, Romans that he's addressing at this particular point is that the Christians in Rome had gotten into this kind of a mentality that if you sin this much, you need this much grace to cover up your sin. If you sin this much, you need this much grace to cover up your sin. And after all, isn't it better to have more grace as opposed to not as much? Now, I know that sounds crazy. But that's what they had gotten into. And don't be too judgmental because sometimes we get our lives into things that are a little hard to explain too. Okay? But that's what they've gotten into. Is that, well, if we sin a lot, we get a lot of grace, and it's good to get a lot of grace, and so let's sin it up. Let's just go for it. And he is saying, 
no, that's not a good idea at all. He says, by no means, absolutely not. What a dumb idea. And he refers back here to an event that had happened, obviously, in their life in the past. We died to sin. We made a decision in the past to die to sin, to quit doing things we knew were wrong. How can we live in any longer? Or don't you know, or don't you remember that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. New life. This idea of old life, new life, comes into play big time. Now back to our text in Colossians 3. You with me? Remember he says we, we were buried with him through baptism and raised with him. Well, look in Colossians 3, verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. So what's he making reference to here? When he says that you have been raised with Christ, he's talking about their baptism, right? Because in baptism, we share with Jesus in his death, burial, and his resurrection. We're raised with Christ to walk in a new life or to live a new life. And we've had a lot of people baptized here this fall. It's been exciting, uh, really, uh, to see people getting baptized and knowing that their old life is behind them, their new life is in front of them. You know, this idea that I can change, that, that there can be change in my life, is an incredibly positive thing. People want to be able to change. How many people today that you know, maybe yourself, family members, people you work with, neighbors, friends, they would like their life to be different, but they have no real clue what to do, where to go, how to proceed. Can it be any different? How many people in this community right here today are locked into marriages that are dead, dying, unfulfilling, and they have not the first base clue of what to do about it. Working jobs that aren't really a job that's any fun. It's just a job to make money. And they look around and they're frustrated. They're trying to raise their children. And any parent knows that raising children has moments of glory in moments of not. How many people are turning to all kinds of things that they shouldn't turn to? Drugs? To try to medicate themselves, to make themselves feel better because they think they're in a life that is not fulfilling. It's not worth going where they wanted it to be. They would have never thought that they would be where they are now. And they look at themselves in the mirror and they're like, what happened? What, what, what about the dreams? What, what about the thoughts? What, where, I thought this was going to be different. And the idea that it can change. Your, there can be an old life 
and there can be a new life. And that's what he's talking about here. This idea that my life could be something that I dreamed it could be is one of the greatest things that Jesus was talking about when he says, listen, if you're going to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. And that doesn't mean that living the Christian life is always easy or that the Christian life is always victorious, that you're just always on top of everything spiritually. There's times in all of our lives as children of God that you, you look at yourself and you're pretty sure, you know, right now I don't think I'm uh, hitting on all cylinders. <laughs> if you know what I mean. All the thrusters aren't working for all you Star Wars people out there. Not moving through life the way that I'd want to. Yet this idea that it can be different, I can grow, I can change, is unbelievably interesting to most people. So let's go on, because he, 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 he says here some really important things on how do you change your life? How do you get to this position? He says, since then we've been raised with Christ. Set your heart, so set your heart, set your internal emotional seat, your heart, on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, so we've got, we've got your heart and now your mind all working together. You know what I'm saying? Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. You know, you need to ask yourself, do you make your decisions with your emotions or your mind? Your, your emotions or your intellect? <laughs> Hopefully both of them are involved, right? If not, you have this internal uh, uh, struggle that goes on where you're... Your, your mind sends your, uh, your, your emotions, your heart, a note saying, quit making decisions without me being involved. You know what I'm saying? That you've got to have both your mind and your heart. And he says, set these things above where Christ is seated. Not on earthly things. For you died, your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death. Wow, that's strong language. Whatever belongs to your earthly nature. He says you're going to have to really go after some things in your life. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived. Wow, there must have been some real uh, spicy members there in the church. <laughs> you say, Wow, that's quite church right there. Well, just take a moment to look around. <laughs> you know, look up in the balcony. We got some real sinners up there. <laughs> that's a pretty good description of us, as far as I can tell. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. You see, they've become Christians, but they're still working on themselves, right? They're still trying to get there. They're trying to deal with things in their life. I tell you, I respect Carlos for standing up here and being honest about some struggle in his life. That took some spiritual guts to stand up here and be honest. How many of us need to be more honest 
with where we're at in our life and struggling with things in our life. This is an ongoing thing. He said, you know, not only do you have to put him to death, but now he continues on, but you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. Yeah, people in the church, they're tempted to lie to each other. Since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, here, in the church, listen to this. There is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. You know, if we would start going through this room right here, man, we could subdivide ourselves in all kinds of subdivisions, couldn't we? Man, we got people from this background, that background. We've got women, we've got men, we we got uh, Bruins and Trojans. I mean, we've got all kinds of of, of deviations here and 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 backgrounds and and we got Tom McCurry with the Auburn of all things. I mean, for crying out loud. Uh, he says here, there's there's neither Greek nor Jew. Circumcised or uncircumcised. Scythian, which that's an area of northern Asia Minor, sort of going up toward the Black Sea area up there, maybe even in the, uh, the, uh, the further southern regions of, of Russia. So that, that the people that had uh, gravitated on down. Uh, barbarians, you know, they, they, he just didn't, they're, they're just barbarians, you know. You got, you got Brother Barbarian over there. Uh, yeah. You know, we can deal with Brother Barbarian, but we're a little nervous about Sister Barbarian. I'll tell you that. Man, that girl right there, she's not getting a lot of dates, and some of the brothers need to step it up uh, on that. But he, he's saying, he's saying, hey, the, the most important thing here is not your ethnic background, uh, your gender, uh, you know, what school you went to. The most important thing is we're all the children of God, right? That's what he's saying. He said, that's who we are here. Therefore, anytime the Bible says therefore, what does that mean? It means uh, because of all I said, now I'm going to say this. This is what I'm getting to. Right? Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself, cover yourself up. With compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Wow, those are great qualities, aren't they? Now he's going to illustrate, okay, here's how you apply this. Bear with each other. (laughs) That doesn't mean be a bear with each other. (laughs) It It means put up with each other. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances, notice that's plural, you may have against one another. You may be ticked off at each other for all kinds of different things. I don't know what you're all mad at each other for. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Peace ruling in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Wow, he throws that in again. He just said that back in chapter 2, verse 6, to be overflowing with thankfulness. And what's he say now? All these things, and, and, and by the way, in addition to everything else, be thankful. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. With what? Gratitude in your hearts to God. We're getting to be a theme here. He keeps repeating himself. You ever repeat yourself? Yeah, I do. We usually repeat ourselves when we want to be heard. So he keeps saying, you need to be thankful, need to be thankful, need to be thankful, need to be thankful. And then he changes his word to gratitude, but it means the same thing. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Man, guys, we've got to be thankful that our life can change. And he not only talks, Jesus talks about change, but Paul elaborates, details it down. How can you change your life? This is how you can change your life. A lot of specifics here that you can plug on in. Now, I want us to, to, to end here with this other thing to be thankful for. Overflowing with thankfulness. Not just that change is possible, but this idea, remember he says, that you're God's chosen people. Hold that thought and look over to 1 Peter chapter 2. God's chosen people. You holding that thought? Some of you are losing it already. I know it. you got short, you know, attention span. 1 Peter chapter 2. God's chosen people. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen people. This is Peter now. This is not Paul writing this letter. This is Peter. So Peter is talking about the exact same concept that Paul talked to the church in Colossae about. Now Peter is talking about in his general epistle. A general epistle is to everybody. This is to all the Christians in the New Testament era time. Then Peter is sending this out. And he says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. And there's four pretty good descriptions right there of who a child of God is, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. For what purpose? That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You know, not only today should we be thankful that we have the possibility of change in our life. And the ongoing possibility of change. It's not that you change when you become a Christian and you quit changing. You, you're ever changing and growing and hopefully moving in the right direction. But also to be thankful that we've got something to give to other people around us. I mean, you look at the world around us, it isn't hard to understand and see because of our own background, we know that people are hurting in the world around us today. Because we were hurting, and thus it's, it's obvious that, well, if I was hurting, other people must be hurting somewhat similarly to, to, to what I was going through. But we know it because we see it. We hear it. It's all around us all the time. It isn't hard for us to understand 
that people need the Lord. They need something in their life that will move them from where they are to where hopefully they need to be. But oftentimes we're frustrated because we're like, what do I have to give? How can I be a part of the solution, not part of the problem? Well, he says that you're a royal priesthood, a chosen people, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Here's the good news. The good news is you don't have to feel responsible for fixing anybody's life. Because the truth of the matter is, you can't. You can't fix their life. But the Lord can. And so you're not declaring to people, hey, I've got the answers for your life. If you will listen to me, your life is going to be tons, tons better. And when you die, you're going to go to heaven. (laughs) You don't have to do that. Nor should you. You're not a Messiah. But what you can do is say, I know who has the answers for your life, and it's Jesus Christ. You can declare declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You've got something to give. You've got something that will help. You've got a story to tell about what happened in your life, but more importantly, you don't want anyone to make a decision on their life based on what happened in your life. You want them to make a decision of their life based upon their own convictions, right? But you can point them in the right direction. You can share within the experiences of your life. You have got something to share. You've got something to say. You've got something to give. Now, they may not receive it, and it may not be received good, and that's fine. It isn't all the time. As a matter of fact, it isn't more times than it is. But isn't it a wonderful experience? And most of us in this room have had the experience when you actually share with someone and they respond incredibly positively. You're like, that's right. I know I need that in my life. You know, sometimes we become cynical. We we almost can't believe it when someone responds positively. We, we, We think that they're, you know, they're, you know, losing their mind or something. Now, I, I love the story of uh, one of our teenagers that got baptized that uh, one of the uh, teenagers shared his faith with him and invited him to the devotional. And uh, the young man uh, who, who eventually became a Christian said, sure, I'd like to come. <laughs> Whoa. Someone wanted to come. Someone wanted to be there. And very res- positive response in, in his life. You've got something to share. You've got something to give. To the people around you. Overflowing with thankfulness. I want to bring this to, to a conclusion and wrap it up here. Thursday is going to be Thanksgiving. And so this is sort of the official Thanksgiving week. I know that Friday is called Black Friday, I believe. And uh, they've actually changed that from November being Black Month. Uh, and, and uh, you know advertising the whole month and instead of just on Friday after Thanksgiving. But uh, I, I also learned that, uh, I, I didn't know this, that there's, there's a Black Wednesday, 
uh, and uh, that's where everybody goes out and buys uh, liquor for uh, Thanksgiving. So, <laughs> so we're 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 out to Black Friday and Black Wednesday, and and I guess it's, it must be White Thursday. I don't know, I, you know. Uh, uh, but but we'll 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 find another way to incorporate, uh, you know, more more uh, buying things uh, in, into the week here and everything. But I hope for you that, that this can be a time, and hopefully the thoughts that I've given you this morning can get you started in a good direction of being thankful. An exercise that a lot of people have done over the years that will change your life is to get down, and I know this, you know, I'm, I'm not doing the electronic version, but get down with a, a pen or a pencil and a piece of paper and just start writing them down. What do I have to be thankful for? And what that exercise generally does for you in life is you realize, wow, I've got a lot more to be thankful for than I was sort of conscious of uh, because I you know, let the negative things in my life overtake my mental and emotional time, and so I'm not focused on the, the positive or the things I have to be thankful for. I'm, I'm allowing myself to be drugged into the, the, the dark side of the things that I don't like or things I wish had been better or things would be different and that kind of thing. But just take a, a piece of paper and begin writing down all the things that you have to be thankful for. And I think you'll be surprised that you have more to be thankful for than, than you realize in life. This passage that we looked at in Colossians, I want to uh, close with this thought. Look back there in Colossians 3 and 4. If, if you include what he says in chapter 2, 6, the, the first thing we read, overflowing with thankfulness. And then in chapter 3, verse 15, and be thankful. Verse uh, 16, with gratitude in your hearts. Uh, verse 17, giving thanks to God the Father. And chapter 4, verse 2, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Man, he is hitting thankful, 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 thankful. That this is, this is something that most people need to be encouraged and challenged to do. Maybe that's a great advantage in our society of having uh, Thanksgiving as a holiday that we specifically have a, a date, a time that, that we focus on to be thankful. And thankfulness is more than just a meal. But thankfulness is something that goes on in your heart. Just let me say that I am incredibly thankful, my wife and I, to be servants of yours in this place. I speak for the other staff members, and I don't want to go listing them all. I may forget somebody. But it is our honor and our privilege to be your servants and to work in this place. I hope that you and your family have a wonderful time of Thanksgiving. Let's go ahead and rise. You are dismissed. Have a great week.